Masech's Taras, Perik Dalad, Mishnah Hintel, Perik Dalad, Mishnah Ches. Truma is the portion of one's produce that he is obligated to give to a koyain, and this produce has sanctity to it, and it is forbidden for a non-koyain to eat it. As well as that, if it is forbidden to allow it to become tome, and if it does become tome, then it needs to be burnt. That having been said, if it is not tome, then it's actually forbidden to burn or destroy or waste the truma because of the sanctity that it has. And because of this, if there is ever a doubt as to whether the truma became tome, then it is forbidden to burn it in case it didn't become tome, in which case one would be violating the prohibition of wasting and destroying pure truma. And in such a case, one would need to just leave the truma there. It cannot be eaten in case it is tome, and it needs to be left without doing anything to it. And similarly, any time that the truma becomes tome with a tumma midura bonon, only a rabbinic impurity, so we're now in a situation where, according to the Torah, it is pure truma, and therefore it cannot be burnt. On the other hand, midura bonon, it is tome, and therefore it cannot be eaten. So in general, in such a case as well, it would need to just be left there without burning it. However, the Mishnah says that in six cases of doubt, even though the truma is only Tommy Midra Bonon, we nevertheless do burn the truma that possibly became Tommy. And in all of these six cases, it is as a result of a particular rabbinic decree that was made to view something as being as if it were definitely Tommy. And then if the truma touches this item that, according to the Chachomim, we consider to be Tome, so then we consider the Truma to be Tome as well. I'll speak Besapras on a doubt of a Besapras. A Besapras is a field in which there was a grave buried, and the field was ploughed over, and there is a concern that the bones of the body that was buried there were scattered across the field. And although on a Mid-Eraisa level, according to the law of the Torah, we do not need to be concerned that the bones were scattered because, in general, the plough doesn't reach deep enough in the ground to actually uproot and spread the bones of the body around the field. However, there is a possibility like that, and therefore the Chachomim were strict and they decreed that the entire field becomes Tome out of doubt. If Truma touches a part of the earth in this field of a Besapras, which out of doubt the Chachomim considered to be Tome, then the truma would need to be burnt, even though it is tome only with Jabonon, since the entire decree with Jabonon is because of a concern that it became tome mid a It's not a case where the Rabonon invented a new impurity. They just made a decree as a, out of concern that it actually did become tome. And because of this, this is a more severe type of impurity out of doubt, and therefore the truma would be burnt if it touched a part of the earth of this field. Second case, I'll fake offer Habomi Eretz or Amim. If the doubt is because of the truma touching earth that came from a land outside of Eretz Yisrael, Midir Bonon, any earth that comes from outside of Eretz Yisrael is considered to be Tome. The main reason given for this is that the non-Jews often would bury the dead bodies that they had in random places. They didn't necessarily bury all of their dead bodies specifically in graveyards, but they would bury the bodies in random places without marking the fact that they buried them there. Which means that anywhere you go in outside of Eretz Yisrael, there's a possibility that perhaps somebody stepped over a grave and they became Tome. And as a result of this concern, the Chachomim decreed that any earth from outside of Eretz Yisrael is Tome, so if that earth touches the Truma, then the Truma is now possibly Tome. And again, since it's based off a doubt 
that it became Tommy Eraser even. It's not a new type of impurity that the Rabbonin invented, therefore we are more strict and we say that the truma would need to be burnt. Case number three, I'll speak be the Amha'aretz. If the doubt is as a result of the truma touching clothes belonging to an Amha'aretz, an Amha'aretz is somebody who is ignorant, he doesn't understand all of the laws of impurity, and there is a concern that his wife, when she is a Nida, Nida is a woman who is Tome as a result of her period, and because this is a regular impurity, there is a concern that she sat on these clothes, and by sitting on the clothes, supporting her weight on the clothes, would make them Tome, and therefore if the trauma touched the clothes, it would become Tome, even if we don't know that her, his wife sat on the clothes and made them Tome, because it is a large concern, the trauma would need to be burnt if it touched those clothes. Number four, Val Sveik Kalim Hanitzoyim, a doubt which comes as a result of the trauma touching objects that were found in the street. There is a concern with Rabbanon that those objects are Tome. Case number five, I'll speak Rukinanim Tsoim, a doubt which comes as a result of the truma touching any saliva that is found in the street. There is a concern that the saliva came from a person who is Tome on a high level of tumor, for example, Izov. Izov is a person who has a high level of impurity as a result of certain substances exiting his body, be it as it may. Any liquid that comes out of his body, for example, saliva, is a av hatumah. It's, it's a source of impurity itself. If the trauma touches that, then it needs to be burnt. And finally, a doubt that arises as a result of the trauma touching the urine of a person that is next to urine that comes out of an animal. Because it's next to the urine of an animal, it's very discernible. We can tell for sure that it is indeed urine of a human being. So the point is, if we know as a fact that it is definitely urine of a human being, then we are concerned that it's urine that came out of a Zolv or somebody else who has a level of impurity that the liquids that come out of his body would be an avhatoma. So the point is, if we know that for sure it's the urine of a human being, then there is a decree midrabanon to be concerned that it's urine from a person who is Tome, and therefore alvadai magon shus fake tum osan. In all of these six cases, if the truma definitely touched one of those six things, which are all cases where there is a doubt as to whether the item is Tome or not, so if it's a truma, we would burn the truma. Now, the implication of the Tanakama, this first opinion of the Mishnah, is that if there is a doubt as to whether the truma touched one of these six items, then it do, then we do not burn the truma. Some understand that the first opinion of the Mishnah just didn't talk about it, and that's going to be the argument between the next two opinions, but we are going to understand that the Tanakama, this first opinion of the Mishnah, holds that if there is a doubt as to whether the truma touched it, then it isn't Tome at all. And the reason for this is as follows. In general, if there is a sfex sfeka, which means there is a double doubt in a particular area of law, then it is ruled leniently. And in this case, for example, there is a double doubt. We're unsure that whether the truma touched one of these six things or not. That's the first doubt. And even if it did touch one of these things, maybe that item wasn't even tome. So there is a double doubt. And in general, in most of the laws of the Torah, we are lenient in such a case. That having been said, with regards to something that is Tomei Mid'eraisa, according to the Torah, a case of Sfex Faker, a double doubt, will actually be ruled stringently. Now, in these cases, the item is considered to be Tomei only Mid'eraisa, we don't need to be concerned in any of these six cases. 
Jabon we're concerned. So the question is, how do we rule in cases of Sfex Sfeka, where there is a double doubt of a Trumo Midrabonon? According to the first opinion, we are totally lenient, like in regards to most laws of the Torah, and therefore it would be pure, totally. Rabbi Yaisi says that if you think about it, in these six cases, the way that the Rabbonon decreed is that we should view it as if it is definitely Tome. It's almost as if Midrabonon, we view it as if the impurity is even on a Midrabonon level, so much so that we burn Truma based on this Tuma, this impurity. So since in regards to that, we see that the Chachomim consider it to be Tome as if it were Tome Midrabonon, so too with regards to the law of a Sfex Faker, a double doubt, just like with regards to something that is Tommy Midoi Raisa, in a case of a double doubt, we've ruled stringently and we consider it to be Tommy, so too in these six cases. So, even if there is a doubt as to whether the trauma touched one of these items, if it occurs in a private area, then we would consider it to be Tommy. If it's in a public area that the doubt occurred, then certainly it would be ruled leniently as being Tohar pure, even in a case of just one doubt because in a public area, we always rule the doubt as being tohar. say a third opinion, if the doubt occurs in a private area, then toilin, we literally suspend the truma. That means that we are, in a case of a doubt, we consider it to be tome, but only out of doubt, because at the end of the day, this is a case of a sex faker, and the entire impurity is only with Jabonon, so we can't consider this case to be definitely tome. But at least out of doubt, we consider it to be Tomei, so it can't be eaten, but at the same time, it also cannot be burnt. But if it occurred in a public area, then of course, Tahar would be ruled leniently as being pure. If there are two different salivas that are found in the street, one is considered to be impure out of doubt, based on being one of the six cases in the previous Mishnah that the Chachomim decreed as being Tomei because of the concern that it is the saliva of a Zov or somebody else who is Tomei on a high level and whose saliva is an Av HaTuma. So one of the salivas that are there is Tomei because of that rabbinic decree, the Echot Tohar, and there is another piece of saliva over there that is pure, it is known that that saliva came from somebody who is pure. And somebody touched one of them, and he's not sure which one of them he touched, or we're not sure which of them is the Tommy one, which is the Tohar, and so it's a doubt as to whether the person became Tommy or not, and then that person went ahead and touched Truma. The Mishnah is going according to the opinion of the Chachomim in the previous Mishnah, and because of that, the Mishnah says that Toilin al Magoon Valmason Valasetan Bershayachid, we suspend the Truma, meaning we consider it to be Tomei, but only out of doubt, if the person touched, carried, or moved the saliva in a private area. Those are the three ways in which this saliva would make the person Tomei, if it is the Tomei one. And once again, this is a case of a Sfex Faker, it's a double doubt, we're unsure whether the person touched the saliva that the Chachomim decreed to be Tomei, and even if that's the saliva that he touched, it could be that it didn't even come from a Zov at all, and that it isn't Tomei, so in this case, according to the Chachomim of the previous Mishnah, the Truma is considered to be Tomei, but only on the level of a doubt. So it can't be burnt. Now we have learned that the general rule in a case of a single doubt of Tumar is that if it occurs in a public area, then it is ruled leniently. Since until now the status of the item has been that it is Tahar and we are unsure whether that status has changed. So the rule of Chazaka states that it remains like it has been until now. 
On the other hand, if the doubt occurs in a private area, then we consider it to be Tommy. The mission is going to show that if a person is standing in a public area and there is saliva on the person's hand, for example, because the saliva sticks to the person's hand, it's considered to be in a fixed place, and its fixed place is the person himself. And the person in himself is, so to speak, considered to be a private area. So the Mishnah says, If the saliva is still wet, and a person touches it, even if he's in a public domain, in a public area, since it is still wet, so it sticks to the person, and it's considered to be as if it's in a private area. So it would be ruled um, strictly, and we would consider it to be Tomei. And if he carries the saliva, then whether it is wet and therefore it sticks to him, or if it's dry, which means that it's basically dry, it's not so moist anymore, it doesn't stick to the person, and therefore it's not considered to be in a private area, that's only if it literally sticks to the person. Nevertheless, because the person carries it, so it is considered to be under the control and directly associated with the person, such that even if it doesn't stick to him, it is considered to be as if it's in a private area. Alright, now the Mishnah ends off with the basic law that we've already learnt, that one of the six cases which are ruled stringently by the Chachomim, that we consider it to be Tomei and even burn Truma as if it was definitely Tomei, is this case of saliva that is found. So Chidi, if it was just one piece of saliva that was found in the street, the Nogaboy, and a person touches it, or he carries it, or he moves it, even if it's in a public area where it's generally, doubt, cases of doubt are generally ruled leniently, over here, we would burn the truma that the person touches after that, because we consider it as if the person is definitely Tomei, in case the saliva came from a Tomei person like a Zov. And needless to say, if this doubt occurred in a private area, certainly it would be ruled stringently. Mr. Zayn, after mentioning the six cases where the Chachomim were more stringent than the general guidelines rule, the Mishnah now lists 12 cases, double as number of cases, where Eilus Fekers Shatiaru Chachomim, the following cases of doubt, the Chachomim considered to be pure, even if it occurs in a private area. And we're not going to explain in detail these cases right now, because the upcoming Mishnayas are going to go into each of them, elaborating on their details. Firstly, if there is a doubt with regards to drawn water for a mikveh, the rule is that the minimum amount of water that needs to be in a mikveh, which is a collection of natural rainwater that is used for purifying items and people, and the minimum amount of water that is needed is 40 sa'ar of water. Now, the water needs to flow into the mikveh naturally. If the water is caught by a utensil, a container, and then it's poured into the mikveh, then that's no good. And the law is that if there is at least three loig of drawn water, that is to say water that is caught by a container and then poured into the mikveh, if that happens before the mikveh, contains already 40 sa'ar of rainwater that flowed naturally into the mikveh, so then it would invalidate the entire mikveh. Once the mikveh is filled up with at least 40 sa'ar, then it doesn't matter if 
water is added even with other containers, but before it's been filled up with 40 sa'ar, an amount of three log of drawn water with a utensil would invalidate the mikveh. If there is a doubt with regards to impurity that's floating at the top of water, a doubt with regards to liquids that are tome. So if the doubt is with regards to it being tome, then it's ruled stringently and it's tome. But with regards to making something else impure, tohar, out of doubt we consider it to be pure. Likewise, fake your daim, a doubt with regards to one's hands alone being Tomei Mijabonon, Litame, if it's to do with the hands themselves becoming Tomei, Ulitame, or with regards to making something else Tomei, in both of those cases, Tohar, it would be ruled leniently as being pure. Fake Rishus Arabim, if there is a doubt which occurs in a public area, like we've learned until now, that is ruled leniently. Fake Divrei Sofrim, if there is a doubt with regards to a rabbinic Tomar, the Mishnah later on will explain what exactly the case is. Sveika chulin, if there is a doubt of whether chulin, which is unsanctified food, whether that became Tomei or not, so that is also ruled leniently. Again, the Mishnah will explain later on what exactly the case is. Sveik shirotzim, a doubt with regards to a sheretz, which is one of the eight dead animals that the Torah lists as being a particular type of source of impurity. Sveik negotim, a doubt with regards to tsaras, which is a certain certain types of spots that appear on a person's skin and make him tome. Sveik naziros, a doubt with regards to naziros, a nozer is somebody who accepts upon himself certain prohibitions, like not drinking wine, not cutting his hair, and not becoming tome from a dead body. The Torah has particular guidelines for the laws of a nozer. The Mishnah will explain there is a particular case that the Mishnah is referring to where it is ruled leniently, and sveik b'chayrois, a doubt whether a person is a firstborn or not, and sveik karbonois, a doubt with regards to one's obligation to bring sacrifices. Again, the Mishnah is referring to a very specific case, which will be elaborated upon later on in this perek, this chapter. Mishnah Ches, the Mishnah elaborates on the second thing that was mentioned in the list of the previous Mishnah. Sveik tumot sofal if there is a doubt with regards to a uh, source of impurity that's floating at the top of water, bein bakalim bein bakarka, whether the water is inside a container or it's on the ground, a puddle, in either case, this is considered to be included in the category that was mentioned earlier on in this perek of a source of impurity that is not in a fixed place, it's not resting in any fixed place at all. The rule is that a doubt with regards to that impurity is ruled string- is ruled leniently. And according to the first opinion of the Mishnah, whether it's in a puddle in the ground or it's in a container, it's considered to be in the water, and that's not a fixed place at all, and therefore it's ruled leniently. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, if it's floating on top of water that's inside of a container, then Tomei, it is actually considered to be Tomei, because the container is resting on the ground, and anything inside of the container is considered to be secondary to the container, so it's as if it's also resting on the ground, in which case it is resting in a fixed place. Whereas if the water is with a karka in the ground, we're actually not really talking about a puddle, it's more talking about water that is deep in the ground, for example a river or a small pool of water... Over there, it's considered to be that it's not in a fixed place, it's in the water, and therefore Tahar, the doubt would be ruled as being pure. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, If the doubt occurs when the person goes down into the water, the person enters into the water, and there is a doubt as to whether he touched the source of impurity as he went down. 
In general, when one enters into the water, the items that are right next to him in the water usually come closer to him. That's what is caused by the motion of going down into the water. And therefore, we can assume in that case that the item did touch the person. So Tommy, he would be impure. It's more likely that it did touch him. On the other hand, if the doubt occurred as he was coming out of the water, then there is a doubt as to whether he touched the source of impurity or not. In general, when, when he is making that motion of coming out of the water, so the items that are next to him float away from him. And therefore, in that case, it can be assumed that Tohar, he is pure, and that he did not touch the source of impurity. Ends off the missionary, Even if in that pool of water there's only enough room for the person himself and the item that would make him Tome if he touched it. So there's no way that it floated anywhere else. And many understand that we're talking about a case where it's for sure that the person touched it. We know that he touched it. Even in that case, according to Rabiyasi Tahar, he is pure because Rabiyasi learns from Psukim that a source of impurity that is floating on the top of the water does not actually transfer its impurity onwards at all.